Hello everyone, this is Levi Gelb from the Chassidish Parsha, and you're listening to the new podcast, Chassidus, which is an explanation in English of Sefer HaMaymarim Tafrish Samaches from the Rebbe Rashab, each episode containing an explanation of one page from that Sefer with the goal to finish the entire Sefer. And at the beginning of every episode, we'll also have a synopsis of the previous episode. You'll also notice in the description for that day's episode, there'll be a short synopsis in English, and also there'll be a link there to become a monthly supporter to make this show possible. Um, please tap the link in that description or visit anchor.fm slash to become a monthly supporter. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. At the top of page Mem, page 40, we're just saying that um, all the worlds and all of creation, every single world, including the highest of the lowest, <clears throat> has no comparison whatsoever to the infinite creator because in the end all the worlds are all finite, even more than the lack of comparison between one drop from the whole ocean to the whole entire ocean. Because in the end they are the same thing. They're both water, just one is, one is obviously one drop and the rest is millions of drops. But it's just a difference in quantity, not in quality. They're the same quality, they're both water. Whereas the difference between the creation and Hashem is a difference of total uh, uh, quality. There's uh, creator and created, infinite and finite. In order that the the king, which in the analog refers to Hashem, the king of all the worlds, should turn to the request of the simpleton, that is referring to the simpleton refers to the person, the limit, the, the created person, the creation who is limited. Um, and that which the person, that Hashem should turn to and answer the person's request, who is limited and has no comparison whatsoever to the unlimited Creator, and to His utmost exalted state. So, how will Hashem, who is totally above and transcends the whole all, the whole realm and, and of the person of the limited person, how is that? How is a person going to arouse Hashem to turn to His request and to answer His small requests that have no importance whatsoever compared to the infinite creator. That's through the fact that a person brings, just like the analogy, he brings a novel thing to Hashem. And what is this new thing that he can bring to Hashem? That is the idea of the uplifting of the of the um of the feminine waters, which means the uplifting and the arousal from below. We are the feminine compared to Hashem being the masculine giver, we are the receiver. But through arousing our, uh, through doing a service from below to Hashem, which is what's the service, is the bitl hayash la'ayin, nullifying our ego and our feeling of separateness back to godliness. This is a total novel concept um, to uh, to Hashem, so to say. Um, Hashem creates everything from nothing to something, but He doesn't create from something back to nothing. So we are actually, uh, down in this world, so far, so far removed from godliness and to the extent which we actually don't feel our source at all and we can even come to deny the Creator. And that this lowly being who feels himself separate can nullify himself and his ego back to Hashem, that is a novel concept to Hashem and can cause Hashem to, just like in the analogy, the king causes the king to turn to the request of the simpleton, so to cause Hashem to turn to our simple requests and answer them. Shagam shabalachim him gamkin yesh even though also the angels are a yesh, they have their own existence, separate existence, and feel their own identity separate from Hashem. 
However, their body is made up of only two um, of the four elements of creation, fire, water, earth, and wind. So the, even the angels are made up of these elements in the spiritual sense of these, of these elements. So the, the, the body of the angels, which it's known in the Ramban, the Ramban says that the, the angels have a body. Obviously their body is a lot more spiritual than our body, but their bodies are made up of the most spiritual of the, of the four elements. And even the, the, within these four elements of creation, there are two elements they're made up of are the most refined elements, Shehem Eishomayim, which is fire and water. Um, fire is something which is like intangible. You, you can feel the heat from it, but it's, it's, it doesn't take up space. And water is also a very, very refined um, element of creation. And very, um, yeah, very refined. Uh, so they're made up of the, their bodies are made up of the two most refined elements of creation. And this verse in Tehillim says, he, Hashem, Hashem makes his angels, um, Ruchos, uh, spirits, mesharts of eshloihet, and his servants, which refers to the angels, out of fiery fire, which, um, which, which flames up. So, uh, this verse shows us that Hashem, uh, that the the bodies of the angels are made up of eshloihet of fire, and the koyal gufes tamalochim kmeishkosvanambanzal, and this refers to the bodies of the angels, like the Ramban said, like I just mentioned, v'gamheim. They are also made up of um, they are also made up of the fire and wind from above and the spiritual fire and wind. So the point is that the angels, even though they also feel themselves separate, they have their own yeshus, their own personal existence, separate from the uh, Hashem. They feel that they feel themselves, but obviously their bodies are made up of the two most spiritual elements of creation, and they really don't feel. Obviously, totally, totally separate, like we feel down here, to the extent which we can can deny our Creator, they don't have that ability. They feel the fact that their existence is totally dependent on Hashem. They feel it. They sense it. Therefore, their nullification of their existence, of their identity back to Hashem, is not as great of a novelty than us, who are living in these physical bodies, which totally conceals the godly energy. Uh, and they also are made up of the fire and wind, uh, spiritual fire and wind. That's hinted to in the verse that says the um of of Ruchis wind. and even more so even more so, do they have uh, amongst them, do the angels have amongst them a force which is <coughs> pushing them away and persuading them to go away from the good and upright path? Do they have a Yetzar Hara basically? Do they have an evil inclination, an animal soul? They don't. Therefore, when they do nullify their existences to Hashem, this is not considered a novelty at all. Who else will be nullified? Uh, will nullify his own separate identity if, if not for the angel that he doesn't have anything holding holding him back from that. That his body is very refined and spiritual. And the place which he's found in, in the spiritual world, is also very pure and refined and has no almost no existence of, of evil there. There's nothing, there's no evil incarnation forcing them or tempting them to do the wrong thing. So their bodies are very refined, the place which they are in, the spiritual worlds which they reside in are very refined and pure. 
And so who else is going to have this nullification to Hashem if not for the angels? Even though there is actually an existence of evil within the world, the spiritual worlds of Bria Yitzhia, where the angels are found, and the spiritual aspect of those worlds. Um, but nevertheless, it's not in a way of uh, being mixed together, of the good and bad being mixed together. There's a, there's a clear separation between evil and good in the spiritual realms, and therefore... Uh, the evil doesn't really tempt the good. Uh, as it's known, explained in other places in Kabbalah and Chassidus, it says about if the if the if Adam would have eaten from the Eitzadas Tevera, that he'll be like one of us. The Hashem says he'll be like one of us, one of the spiritual entities, spiritual beings, the angels who know good and bad. But the way that they know good and bad explains in in Teira Eir in, in, in Parshas Bereishis. The way that the spiritual beings know good and bad is, is in a makif type of way, not in a way where it becomes part and parcel of their existence. It's in a very far off way. They they don't become totally one with the with the the good and the bad. They remain very separate from their existences. So, whereas in this world, the where they to where the man to eat Adam to eat from the Yitzadas Tevera from the tree of knowledge of good and bad. The good and bad would have become mixed together within him, and therefore the bad would have there would be no bad without good, no good without bad, and the bad would tempt the good to to do the wrong things. So in the in the spiritual worlds of Briatsiya, there is an existence of evil, but it's very separate from the beings that exist there. They don't know the good and bad just like humans do. They the good and bad that exist there are still very far from who from their existences, from who they are, because they're totally nullified to Hashem. They don't they don't really relate to the the, the bad in a, in a real way. Therefore, they're also without, within them, there, there is no evil inclination which is uh, persuading them and pushing them away from the good path. And even more so, the angels actually comprehend godliness because there shines to them, there is revealed to them a revelation of the godly energy, the godly light. If it's not, they, I mean, they, they, they don't, they don't, even though the angels, being that they are a separate existence, they have their own identity, therefore they don't comprehend the mahus of godliness, the what is, they don't know the true quality of godliness, what is godliness, but at least they know the existence of godliness in a clear way. It's totally revealed, whereas the humans, they can prove to themselves the existence of Hashem from different proofs explained in Chassidus and Kabbalah, but they'll never... Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll never be the, even the existence of Hashem will never be by them in a revealed way. They'll never just see. Oh, God exists! I see it with my own eyes. Angels see it, the existence, even if they don't appreciate what is Hashem, the uh, true essence of Hashem. But they know the existence of Hashem in a true, in a truly revealed and clear way. Clear way. And if so, if so, when they when the angels are nullified. To Hashem, and they nullify their separateness to Hashem. There's no real novelty novelty in that because they're anyway are so spiritual. They're such spiritual beings. They're so refined. They have no evil within them, persuading them and tempting them, and they comprehend and see godliness, the existence of Hashem in a revealed way. So it's not really a big chiddush, a novelty that they nullify their existences to Hashem. <laughs> But, but, however, the, on the other hand, a person whose body is very coarse, he's made up of all four elements of creation, a of um, earth, uh, wind, fire, water, 
Mayim ve'ofer mitoisim gamkin. Besides the two elements of uh, fire and water that the angels are made up of, and the spiritual aspect of those elements, the person has two more of the two of the other elements also, and the more coarse elements of water and earth, they're also added to the person. It's interesting how he mentions here water to the person, which before we said that the angels are made up of water, but then before he also said that they're made up of uh, of ruach, of wind. Um, just an interesting, I don't know, contradiction or something to figure out. He did mention that they're also made up of wind. Um, so the person is made up of all four elements, fire, water, earth, wind. And he has also, meaning in additional to the, addition to the two spiritual elements, he also has the two other coarse elements of water and earth. And besides the fact that his body is made up of all these elements, which makes his body very coarse, he's also found within the physical world, which in this world there's a a darkness that is doubled and redoubled darkness, which um, this is explained in other places in Chassidus that a double darkness, I mean, it's so thick, you can't see godliness at all, you can't recognize Hashem, you don't see it in a clear way at all, And but doubled and redoubled means that people start to think that the darkness itself is light, is a good thing. They get involved in the physical pleasures in this world, and they think that that's the right thing. They think they're doing the right thing. So here in this physical world, it's so dark, we can't see any revelation of godliness. All the physical pleasures are in front of a person's eyes in actuality. And godliness is totally hidden, totally and uh, hidden from a person. In, in addition to this, that he has made up of very coarse elements, his body is made up of coarse elements, and he's found in a physical world which conceals godliness. Also, within himself, there is within him the, the, the evil inclination which tempts, tempta- which is, uh, tempts him and persuades him and pushes him away from the good path, the good and upright path. And even more so, He's he's forced to involve himself in these physical physical things like eating and and sleeping, which is the angels obviously don't have this idea of eating and sleeping. They don't have to be involved in any physical matter. A person has to; he cannot exist without eating and sleeping, which are physical activities which make him more physical, make him more coarse. If it was possible for a person to be totally separate from physical things and coarse things, it would be a lot easier for him to stand up against his evil inclination. <coughs> he would he would be a lot more spiritual person, and he wouldn't be as he wouldn't become so physical and so into the physical world just by nature because the person has to eat. He's automatically makes him more physical and more connected to physicality and more tempted to go after the physical pleasures. But when a person is forced now to eat and drink and sleep, that's where the, the, the evil inclination finds a place to persuade the person, to tempt him. To eat, to eat a lot, to sleep a lot. Because the they, evil inclination starts to, starts to persuade him and gives these good arguments and sound arguments. They say, it's it's um, it's very, it's it's important. It's necessary for him to eat a lot and to sleep a lot. Let's say to uh, for the sake of the strengthening of his body. to eat a lot and to drink a lot. 
And similar thing, and similarly, in all the other uh, permissible pleasures, he convinces him that he needs it for the sake of his body to make it strong and healthy. And to the extent that from just being persuaded to do, um, to you know, overindulge in, in permissible pleasures, may the the evil inclination ends up persuading the person to do to do forbidden things. God forbid. Like the saying of the Gemara, the sages say. Today, the evil inclination tells him to do this, tomorrow to do this, till the extent in the end it tells him to actually go worship idols. Meaning, um, beginning, it just tells him all these things which are per- permissible. What you need it, you need it for the sake of your body's health. Tomorrow, it tells you to be, indulge yourself a little more, to the extent it can end up leading to um, total forbidden things, like the Avedi Zara is the worst, but uh, um, idol worship... But just the fact that he becomes more and more indulged in physical in physical pleasures makes him closer and closer to be involved in actually something which is a, a not a permissible pleasure but a forbidden pleasure. The im adam, and nevertheless, despite all these things which are going against the person, adam is gabra love. The a person overcomes his his evil inclination. yad, with a strong hand, lablili shmoya elov. Without listening to the evil inclination at all, and to and he acts in a way of iskafia, forcing, of forcing himself to go against his nature, to go against the will of the evil inclination. Whether the forcing is totally having to force himself to go against his will, to he forces him, he forces himself not to be drawn after the pleasures of his heart, the desires, the lusts of his heart. And not to do anything which is against the will of Hashem. So whether it's in a way of real forcing, he having to force himself to go against his very nature, or in another way of iskafia, another form of this idea of iskafia, of forcing, of bending, so to say, the evil inclination, is if he brings about through his spiritual service of Hashem in his prayer, in his davening, in a real way, he brings about that he weakens the strength of his pleasures within himself. Not just forcing, he has the pleasures, but he's forcing himself not to go after these pleasures, but actually through the day-to-day service and, and prayer and thinking about the greatness of Hashem and arousing in his heart love for him, he slowly weakens the, the, his, his pleasures within his heart and makes it less and less. Like he's going to explain now. Through his contemplation, his deep contemplation and concentration about godliness, in his service of Hashem through praying, uh, and through arousing his heart through that contemplation and the greatness of Hashem, arousing his heart to love Hashem and to be drawn after Hashem. This actually brings out great salvations within his soul. That eventually it causes him to his 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 desire of his animal soul to be weakened and weakened. That he won't he won't even want to do anything against the will of Hashem through the daily process of prayer. And how it's explained in Chassidus that before prayer, a person learns Chassidus, he learns about the greatness of Hashem, like we're learning about now. And then, before he actually starts prayer, he thinks about these concepts in a deep, very deep way. And he tries to explain himself, to, within his mind, explain these concepts to himself, as if he would be explaining to a person who never learned Chassidus. That's how the, he gets his, even his animal soul to appreciate the greatness of Hashem. Because by, by explaining it to yourself in a way you would explain it to somebody who never heard of Chassidus. And he explains it to his animal soul every day before davening. And then he davens, about, he davens and he arouses himself through the contemplation of the greatness of Hashem, throughout davening, arouses love, every day that eventually trickles into his soul and affects him that he, you know, slowly 
he progresses until he doesn't even want to do something which is against the will of Hashem. Another form of iskafia, forcing and bending the bending the evil inclination. Shegamzehu b'chal iskafia, another type of iskafia. Adain shul adain. This is still another type of iskafia. Shalei napach v'zeh etzem b'husei, because even in this type of person that slowly weakens the desire of his animal soul, he is not transforming his very essence. He's only affecting the extension, the expression of the of his soul powers. Meaning, he's not changing him his very essence. In his very essence, he still has an animal soul, still desires to do the wrong things, still wants to indulge in pleasures. But he's able to to confine and to limit the extension. How much that 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 um, pleasure of his animal soul extends and is expressed in his in his everyday life. How much it actually comes into his heart and want and forces him to want these bad things. But in his very essence, he's still obviously he's not a tzaddik who's totally transformed. He still is his nature is to, to want these physical things. But he now has controlled the expression of that nature through his daily service and davening, as it explained in another place. And especially when a person, not only does he overcome his, his evil inclination and not listen to it and force himself to go against the will of the evil inclination and slowly weaken the desire of his, the expression of that desire of his evil inclination, especially when a person comes to the level of his transformation. That he transforms the very essence of his, of his the very nature of his animal soul. Um, that he transforms that, meaning that he affects that even his very his very nature is now not to go against God, but not to indulge in physical pleasures. He transforms that nature to be in, in, interested in, in in spiritual pleasures, in in doing the will of Hashem. He gets his, his even his animal soul on board, so to say. The who and so similarly, it, it, this applies with all the physical things that a person is involved with. Shanasa habitul be'etzem muhusam. That he brings about a a true nullification, uh, self abnegation uh, within the very nature of these physical things which he's involved in. The nafach lekedusha, and he transforms them into holiness, meaning even all the, his job which he's involved in, and all these things, his eating, his drinking. It's all not now. It's not an idea that these th- these things are actually not holy, but he uses them for holy holy sake. He actually transforms their ver- these very physical things into holy things. He makes that his workplace is not anymore just a place where he makes money in order to and eventually be able to do something good with that money to give tzedakah and so he can learn Torah, the menuchas nefesh, just with the proper uh, state of mind because he has enough money to make sure that he can take care of his needs. Rather, he tr- transforms his workplace into into a place of holiness where he he has a, he, he basically uses out his workplace to do to help other to can help other Jewish people realize you know the greatness of Hashem and tells them about stories of, of the greatness of Hashem and teaches them Torah. He makes his workplace into a place of holiness and giving classes there, meeting people and exposing them to the greatness of Torah. So not only within his very nature, within his soul, does he transform himself in the nature of his animal soul, he also transforms all the physical things which he's involved in. An example of that, like uh, it says in the verse, the righteous man, person eats for this to satiate his soul, not to satiate his body. 
Right? So this is the example that even the, the eating of the righteous person who's transformed his animal soul, his eating is not unholy anymore. The eating itself is all for a spiritual purpose. He's eating in order to uplift the sparks within and to connect to these godly sparks which are in the food. And like the example that's brought in Chassidus, the difference between eating during the weekdays and eating on Shabbos. On Shabbos, uh, on the weekdays, a person's eating is in a way of, he has to, it says, um, When you eat bread, you have to eat it with a sword, not to be careful, not to be indulged in the pleasures of the food, just to eat it for the sake of having more energy to serve Hashem. On Shabbos, there's a mitzvah to have pleasure in the food you're eating. So the eating itself, the pleasure you're getting in eating itself is a mitzvah. And that's a, when a person transforms his animal soul, you can experience that level uh, it, it, during the weekday also, every moment of his life, everything he's evolved with becomes holy. This transformation that a person can do and overcome his animal soul and his evil inclination, whether it's his kafia, forcing, or his hapkar, transformation is very precious in the eyes of Hashem. Wow, this is an amazing explanation of this verse here in, uh, in Halil, in Tehillim. It says, precious is in the eyes of Hashem is the death that he, of of his pious ones. So, actually, the simple explanation is it's yakar is actually different. It doesn't mean precious. It means it's very hard. So to say, it's hard, it's difficult in the eyes of Hashem when he sees that his pious ones pass away. But here, the deeper explanation, pirush hamavsa. What does it mean? The death of his pious ones. The death shemaymis taivis liboy that he he puts to death the pleasures of his heart. The pleasures of his heart, that a person desires to indulge in, in permissible pleasures. This is very precious in the eyes of Hashem. So precious in the eyes of Hashem is the pious people when they put to death the pleasures of their heart. But to the extent that this is this is literally a very a novel thing to to Hashem. In such a dark place. Where godliness is totally concealed in this physical world, gas, and this creation, the human being, is so coarse in this physical body. and he has a strong, uh, a strong adversary, the evil inclination in the animal soul. Nevertheless, he nevertheless is able to bring about a self abnegation, nullify his ego and his feeling of separateness from Hashem. This is an amazing and novel thing. and through this. Now, on the top of the next page, through this, that he it brings this all about, and he overcomes his animal soul in this physical world, which totally goes against that. The causes that the the heart of the king, meaning the holy king, the king of all the worlds, Hashem, should turn to the request, even of the simpleton of this human being, who has nothing in compared to the eyes of Hashem, who is nothing in compared to the infinite infinite Hashem. And but through this bringing this novel gift, so to, so to say, to Hashem of the nullification, the self-abnegation, the letting go of the ego, and giving it back to Hashem, that is how we can bring out this novel concept and cause even Hashem, who is totally removed from us, to turn to us and to fulfill our requests. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the new podcast, Chassidus. This is Levi Gelb. And if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or feedback, 
please feel free to email me at rabbigelb at gmail.com. Also, please check out my website, chassidusonline.org, and sign up for our weekly email to receive a Mimer Mavur explanation on a Mimer from Torah Lukute Torah almost every week. And there you'll also find a, an archive for all our other, our older Mimarim that we've already explained on the weekly Parsha on the Yom Tovim. And also you'll notice in the description for this week's episode and for every week's episode a little link to become a monthly supporter, a partner in this uh, for this podcast. Please consider doing that. It will help greatly to allow the episodes to continue and to make them better. And you can also dedicate an episode in honor of memory of something or of a simcha. And to do that, please email, email me at rabbigelb at gmail. And we can mention that at the beginning and at the end of every of that episode. Thank you very much.